Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading episode 114 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. If you're new to the show and you've not yet given us a review and rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it if you did that. Not only does it help new people find the show, but if we get enough reviews, we're going to get some merch out there to you guys. We've already had a poster that's available now in the Max Fun Shop. We had a limited run t-shirt. There could be more. The possibilities are endless for We Got This Merch. And you know what else is endless? The fascinating conversations happening on our Facebook group. So go there, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash We Got This Podcast. But for now, please enjoy episode 114 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Superman movie. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Mark, look. What? In the sky, look. Is it a bird? What is that? Is it a plane? I I don't know. Wait a minute. I know what that is. It's Superman. It is Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's talk about Superman today, buddy. All right. This topic was suggested by Joseph Noonan via email. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Joseph. Um, I gotta say, I was, uh, I kind of rolled my eyes at this when you gave it to me, Hal, only because I have not seen any of these movies in so, so long that I was like, oh man, it's a homework episode. Yeah, you, you texted me and said, why do you keep making me do homework? <laughs> Which I didn't think I was. Um, no, you shouldn't have been. And I actually, uh, I watched these movies today. Wow. Uh, many of them. And I had, uh, I had a really good time watching them. Uh, some of them I had just seen recently, like Superman Returns was just on television over the weekend. And Superman's one of those characters that's fun to see portrayed on the big screen. Now, are you, when you were a kid, because mm-hmm. we were kids when when the original uh, the Donner films came out, not the originals. And I'll get to how we're going to a- approach this list, which spans from 1948 all the way up to last year. Buckle up, everybody, or don't buckle up, and Superman will just spin around the world backwards <laughs> if you get in a car accident. <laughs> That's right. Now, were you a big Superman fan as a little kid? Oh, very much so. I was a huge Superman fan. Uh, the first three movies in particular were the ones that we had at my house on VHS growing up. Right. And you watched so, them a lot? I did. I loved them. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I watched one and three more often. Okay. Um, one, because I love an origin story. You know this about me. I've talked about this a lot. Uh, I'm a sucker for a superhero origin tale, even yep. back then as a little child. Uh, and also it's just, I mean, it's a great movie. And it's, uh, the, the, we'll get to this, but the Donner movies are for children. They are children's movies. Uh, not in the way that Man of Steel, Man of Steel and, uh, Batman or Superman versus Batman or whatever they called it. Uh, th- those felt more adult. The original four movies were very much, they're bright colors. They're silly. The villains are hilarious. Um, yeah, I loved him as a kid and in particular, the things that stick out most to me, and I'm sure we'll get to this later, were uh, were scenes from Superman 3 uh, when it's evil Superman versus good Superman. 
Yes. And uh, anything with Richard Pryor. And that lady turning into a weird robot lady was one of the first things that freaked me out on screen. Absolutely. Uh, what about you? I loved Superman as a kid. In fact, there is a picture, which I will post on the Facebook group, that I think I've put out there. It's it's me. I've got to be five or six, maybe mm-hmm. even a, maybe even four. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm dressed up in a in the cheapest possible drugstore Superman <laughs> costume. So it didn't have the abs built in? No, it had like a weird, like, that's sort of his logo. That's sort of the emblem he has on his chest. It's definitely an <laughs> S and definitely a shield-like shape. But that's not right. Um, and like, <laughs> you got like the Philadelphia, uh, the, the Philadelphia dollar store. Uh, yeah, this is probably it. Good time video. The mockbuster. Yes. Yes. That's exactly, uh, that was exactly the feel of it. And it like, you know, it didn't have boots. It had like plastic sleeves that just went over, like sort of covered your sneakers. Sure. But none uh, of them came with boots though back then. No, I mean, it, you could, if you were rich, if you were one, I, sure. one time, so second grade, mm-hmm. this is a, this is a tangent, but second grade, this kid, Peter Durham, I know Peter, if you're out there and you're listening to this, hello, remember me? Uh, you teased me a little bit in second grade, but let me, here's another thing about you. Your dad made you like a full Ghostbusters outfit Ooh. in 1984. Like it, it made noise. It looked oh, like, man. to me, it looked like the Ghostbuster. Like the clubs now that exist where they make like these incredible engineers and just makers have gotten together and made authentic Ghostbusters gear and Oh, I and love uniforms. those. I always see them at Comic-Cons. That was what this looked like. But okay. Um, I don't like – I do love that a little kid in second grade wore a perfect Ghostbusters costume. I don't like uh. there was a kid that picked on you, Hal. <laughs> well, there were a bunch. Look, we all picked oh, on man. each other. We're just kids. We got to all go fight them all. But <laughs> thank you. Let's go find them and shame. Look, yeah. we have a podcast now. This is our bully pulpit. That's right. And, and we're going to bully. <laughs> it's our turn now. Bully. <laughs> Shout out but, to Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. <laughs> I The picture is of me holding up the plastic uh, shopping cart I had as a toy over my head. <laughs> as Wait a minute. As it shows strength. Uh, did you take this plastic shopping cart to the store with you when you went to the store? No, it was in the living room. It was in our living room. So you like played, I'm shopping for things in the living room. You were robbing your own house. It was like if Superman went shopping, he wouldn't just push the card. He would hold it up over his head because he's real strong. (laughs) Uh, He would also buy a lot of hams, like cartoon style giant hams. Oh, did you have those? Like the big white gloves? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you did say hands, not hams. Oh, right? no, I, I said hams, like the okay. giant bone with like a big head, like, you know, the kind that a cartoon dog puts in his mouth and then just pulls the bone out. Sure. Or the bone gets stuck sideways in his throat. Yeah, of course. If he's a real stupid dog. Yeah. Psh, stupid Pluto. <laughs> so, you're not a planet. <laughs> you're, you're not even you're like the worst dog in oh. your cartoon universe because the other one can talk and wears clothing. <laughs> like. But you know what he can't do? Put on skis. That's true. <laughs> or just use gymnastic equipment. <laughs> All right, let's talk about these Superman movies. Here's what I'm proposing that we do. I think we should start with the the earliest Superman films that were shown in theaters. Then okay. we're going to stop short of Richard Donner's original Superman, the motion picture. We're going to go forward in time. All the way forward to 2016 and start working our way backwards. Does that, does that sound good? Beca- and I'll, I'll tell you why. Let me okay. justify this. I believe that our winner is located in those, in those four films made between 1978 
1987. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, I would agree with that. Okay. So then I think, uh, you know, I, we like to do honorable mentions and rather mm-hmm. than make this a scale where we have different quadrants that we're rating everything, I think we're, we're, we should go and talk about sort of the good and the bad in, in each of these films as much as we can. Great. All right. So then let's, let's begin. start with the serials. Yes. 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 These start Kirk Allen, who I believe was the actor who played Superman on the radio as well. Um, these were made and put out by Columbia Pictures. First was Superman. Uh, that was January of 1948. And then Adam Man versus Superman, which came out July 20th, 1950. And of course, because they were serials, they were released either weekly or, or monthly. And they had cliffhangers in them. Have, have you ever seen the serials, Mark? I've not seen any of the serials. Moving on. Well, no, I have. Let me just tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, tell me, uh, tell me about these, uh, the, this, it's the idea of, and I felt this way about the old TV show. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. I used to watch the old TV show because it came on in my town. And, uh, the opening is amazing, first of all, with yes. the bullet and the train and the, uh, Superman just dissolve, Clark Kent dissolving into Superman standing in front of an American flag. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, but there's something weird about Superman in black and white to me. Yes. Yes, there is. You, you, it's, and even the colorized versions seem kind of weird because it's, it's, it's coming from comic books, which are vibrant and colorful. And so it's tough to see him in, in black and white. What's notable about these early films, the Kirk Allen, uh, serials is that it was the first time Superman appeared in, in a theater live action. There are the, the Fleischer shorts, which are brilliant. If you ever have a chance to watch those, they're animated pieces, but because they are animated shorts rather than a longer serialized story, we're, we're not going to mention them here, uh, much more than to say that they exist. Those are the Paramount cartoon shorts. Uh, they're fantastic and, and worth checking out if you can find them. They're probably online, but they're not winning today, Hal. Doomsday is crushing this Superman. <laughs> yeah, with because his, there are better movies later. With his weird sharp bone uh bones that stick out of his hands like mm-hmm. a weird alien Wolverine. Uh what else is notable about uh, about these films is they didn't have like the rigging to make it look like he was flying. So they would use animation for him to get from the ground and fly like into the top window of a building. Ah, oh, I would love to see this. Now I now I'm compelled to watch. Yeah, I mean they're they're interesting to see, but again, it's you. <laughs> I always say that as as filmmaking moves forward in time, older films get a lot longer because the, <laughs> the pacing of films becomes so quick, and the storytelling happens so much uh, quicker that even films from like fifteen twenty years ago seem way long. Like, yeah. oh, I, I think I could cut a half hour out of this. If I'm watching something like a Bourne movie. Right. I will, or a Bond movie, I will frequently turn on the subtitles because they zip through lots and lots of names, many of them international names, and I cannot remember everything that's happening. Star <laughs> Wars movies too. I was going to ask if you did that because you were my dad on a treadmill. Yeah. I'm your dad on a treadmill. I don't bother putting in earphones. No. I was like, you know what? They, I can't, I don't like it. I don't like the string dangling when I run. No, look, my father on the treadmill is a sight to see, not because he's on the treadmill, but because he's got a giant screen TV in front of him that is blaring music, like the, not music, but the sound is so loud. You, you can't believe that it's, that a TV is legally allowed to get to that level of volume, but he's also got the closed captions on because he's got to hear over the machine 
you know, you're still on a machine sure. that's making noise. And also, that TV is really loud. You can't hear anything with that thing going. One time, my dad was on the treadmill. Oh, no. And he had this foam hat. It was an eagle's hat, so it looked like a helmet, but it looked like the eagle's, the uh, swoop is his name, the eagle's, um, the eagle. It looked like the eagle, like mm-hmm. you had the eagle's logo on your head. And I, <laughs> he didn't know that I was there. So I, and he was like, you know, he wasn't moving that fast. Wait a minute. He thought he was by himself and he was wearing a big foam fan head. Oh no, he wasn't wearing it, but he had one that I put on. And then I snuck around to the side uh-huh. of him and I jumped out and went, ah! Ah! and he stiff armed me <laughs> from the treadmill. Yes. Like he was running in for a touchdown. Like that was the, like he had to get me away. Because obviously a giant bird had gotten in there. He didn't know what it was, but I'm really, I'm really proud that you convinced him that you were a giant bird. <laughs> My bird work is second to none, Mark. I think you know that. Uh, it's second only to your plane work. Yes. Oh my good. That's how I get all the babies in the world to eat. <laughs> my superior plane work. Speaking of birds and planes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Superman. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, so that's what's notable about the Kirk Allen, uh, films, but they are not going to win. Right. Uh, let's move on to Superman and the Mole Men. Uh, does this count? Because this is a TV pilot. I realize it played in theaters. Yes. But it was the pilot for the television show. Correct. It was released in theaters and it served as sort of a backdoor pilot for the television show. So it was shown in two parts uh, on television. I think that was the plan originally to sort of cut it in half. Mm-hmm. Um, it's notable just because it's the first time George Reeves plays uh, Superman. And he did it on television for a very long time and is one of the – Iconic actors who uh, who played that role and, and is known for that role uh, and is also known for being portrayed by Ben Affleck in Hollywoodland and committing yes. suicide. Very sad. Uh, and then Ben Affleck later beat up Superman, much in the way he beat up George Reeves in the movie Hollywoodland. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, yeah, George Reeves as Superman, it's notable for that. It's It's not going to win. So th- those are the early attempts to bring Superman to the big screen. Now let's move forward in time, shall we, Hal? Let's yes. say we are Superman. Let's spin around the world really, really fast. Does that happen too? Like, I know he can turn the world backwards and make time go in reverse, uh, which might make the first Superman movie fall out of the number one slot in my brain, by the okay. way. Okay. Okay. Um, but if he spins it around really, really fast forward, can we jump to, let's say, 2016's Batman versus Superman? Yes, the dawn of justice. Dawn uh, of justice. Now, let me tell a quick story about this film. And by me, the way, well, before you say, before yeah, you do, tell that, me what but, you think. Let me hear what you think. Well, I would just like to, I would just like to point out that that movie did not need an extension of the title. There was no one that said Batman versus Superman. I'm interested, but I'm not going yet. Oh, Dawn of Justice? Okay, I'll go to that. Well, you know why that's included, don't you? I know, because the Justice League is going to be the next movie. Believe me, they made it very, very clear at the end of that film what was going to happen. <laughs> um, here is Here are my thoughts on this movie. Uh, no, no, no. You know what? Go ahead. You're about to tell a story. I want to hear your story. Oh, I'll tell you my story in a second. I think I'd rather hear your opinion first. Okay, I feel like, uh, I don't know if I saw an extended cut, but the version I saw was three freaking hours long. Okay. And, uh, is that an extended version? 
It might be. I, the, okay. I know that the the original film is very long, and then they added about a half an hour to it, and it either went from two and a half to three hours or three to three and a half hours. Whoa, man. Because that's what it needed was to be longer. Exactly. Well, the idea was there were a lot of story plots in the film that the extra <laughs> half hour. Sorry. Story plots. Yeah. I'm sorry. Story, story points or plot. <laughs> there, were, there was a lot of missing plot and story in that film. That, mm-hmm. that the half hour was meant to help fill in so that there was more logic. You understood the intentions of the characters a little better. Okay. Um, well, I saw the three hour version. I don't know if that's small, medium or large, but, uh, it was, I feel like they spent two hours trying to figure out a reason for Batman and Superman to fight one another. Mm-hmm. It was just, let's find an excuse. And the end of uh, Man of Steel posed a great one, so they used that. And then they spent a very long time getting to what was an insane monster battle at the end. Uh, It's like an hour long. It's like watching a video game. I felt like watching the end of that movie, I was watching Batman. Like, I was watching a 12-year-old with a Batman controller and a 14-year-old with a Superman controller battling it out for supremacy on a big screen TV in a living room. Right. Um, that said, there were some cool things. I think the car chase in that movie is one of the coolest car chases I've ever seen. Which car chase is that? I don't This remember. is the car chase when Batman is trying to uh get the uh trying to get the big piece of kryptonite from Lex Luthor who is transporting it. Oh yes, and he winds up running into Superman and skipping Right. Off. The first time they run into each other. Yes, by uh, the box. Yeah, the, it's fun. It's not great. The The plot is pretty ridiculous. And I don't know how many more times I can see the Bruce Wayne's parents die scene. Oh, did, oh did, also, um, I hope that everyone has seen this because I'll tell you what's ridiculous. And I feel like it was someone in a writer's room went, guys, I know how at the end of the fight, they don't have to kill each other. They find out that their moms have the same name. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> I think it's time for me to tell my story. Please. Um, there is a, uh, a really fun, uh, DC movies and television podcast on the Afterbuzz network. So Afterbuzz TV. And it is co-hosted by uh, my good college buddy uh, and uh, former guest of the show, Adam Gertler. So mm-hmm. he asked me to come on. He knows that I like comic books and comic book films and television. And they were coming on to discuss uh, Superman versus Batman because it had just come out. It, it was a few weeks after its release. It was apparent mm-hmm. it, it, that it wasn't doing as well as projected. It was being panned. And I was going – like anybody who would let me talk into a microphone, I was getting on and trashing that movie so hard. <laughs> so I will, I will say you, you, you said, I hope everybody's seen this movie. I hope people have not seen this movie because it spares them from having seen it. And I went on a DC podcast that is watched by DC fans who, mm-hmm. who rightly so are very loyal to their material and some of whom are, are either apologists for the film or just, you know, are able to rationalize the things that are in the movie and it makes sense to them and they like it. And I, took a big number two all over that movie and every time Mm -hmm. the hosts tried to find something positive they were like well what about the music uh uh, did you like the music and i went nope music was terrible 
Music was 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 <laughs> god awful. It was it was one of the worst parts of the movie. Took me out of it completely. Did not like the music. I'll tell you something, Mark. Yes. There's a saying about the internet. What is it? The saying is never No, 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 that's the saying. What is it? Oh, I'm yeah. not <laughs> quite familiar yet. <laughs> the internet is a connected series of It's a tube. Websites. It's all these magic tubes in your computer. And they all connect to one another. No, the rule of the internet is don't read the comments. So mm-hmm. this this show is not an audio podcast. It is a live broadcast video podcast. So it is going out on YouTube live and is available mm-hmm. afterwards. And I went and read the comments. And oh, dear. they were so mad. Uh, somebody somebody said I was cancerous and I should never be on the show again. That That's how negative I was. <laughs> and then people started getting into my physical appearance and I went, I'm going to stop reading this right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably for the best. Don't read the comments, man. Yes. All this to say, if if the best part about a Superman movie is Batman, it is yeah. not the best Superman movie. Uh, though I did like that. I'll let me give it a few things that I like. Let's play the. Sure. I'll play Adam yeah. Gertler for a minute. Okay. Um, the uh the battle scenes are epic. I will give them that. Yes. Um. Let's see what else. <laughs> you know what it is? It's hard to see the stuff you don't like because apparently they live in a world with no sun or light. <laughs> um, what about, let me hear your thoughts on Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor in that movie. You know what? I like the choice. It's none of it is the actors or necessarily the choices they make. That's up to the director to rein an actor in. So if an actor comes in mm-hmm. with an idea of what they want to do, and I, I'm cool with him as Lex Luthor. I wanted to know why he was doing what he was doing. And they tried to explain it a little bit that it's – What was the whole daddy doesn't father. love me scene? Exactly. But it just doesn't – that's not enough. The 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 comic book origin of uh, – or the original comic book origin, I'm sure it's been told a million times now, are that Superman and Lex Luthor knew one another. And Superman was responsible in Lex Luthor's eyes for the lab uh, accident that caused him to lose his hair. Mm-hmm. So he, and that's the only reason that he hates Superman so much. Well, I mean, it it sort of ruined him as a scientist. So hair loss because mad scientists have cool, crazy hair. I think it was hair loss and failure as well. Ah, uh, that's fair. So, so that his bald head was a reminder of his failure. I mean, it's, but it didn't like kill his wife, Green Goblin style. No, no, it did not. And and you know what? That came later because early his his intro in the comics was somebody who was there to like test Superman. And test his limits and didn't trust him. And, uh, so I, I like Jesse Eisenberg. I even like Henry Cavill as Superman. I don't think he's a bad choice, but it's the material that he has to work with. I mean, do you, mm-hmm. do you dislike him as, as a guy to play Superman? Imagining him playing, playing that character, uh, from a different point of view, I guess is, is how I would say it. Uh, what do you mean? Like his, his point of view seems different from Christopher Reeve's point of view. Well, I mean, making a version of Superman that's not as dark and not as violent if it had some lighter sides to it and it felt a little bit more like the traditional Superman that we know. Do, mm-hmm. do you think he would carry that off well? Uh, I, sure. That's, I think Henry Cavill doesn't have to just brood. I've seen him in interviews. He's very charming and yeah. Superman is charming. I mean, he flashes his pearly whites at the camera at the end of the first movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? If Henry yeah. Cavill had just looked in the camera and smiled and flown off, that would have, you know, that would have done it. Yeah. 
But um, as a fil- oh, let me say another positive thing about about BVS DOJ. Uh, that ugh. is, it is the first time that we get to see Wonder Woman on screen, and we get to see the three of them together. And as even though the at, by that point the film had kind of lost me, to see those three together was cool. I like I like uh, Gal Gadot as as Wonder Woman. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to the Wonder Woman film. And it, it's here's the thing. Like, I I went and saw Suicide Squad, which I knew was going to be terrible, and was terrible. And now the Justice League is coming out, and the trailer has hit. And I was talking to somebody. They were like, "What do you think about the Justice League trailer?" And we started talking about it. And then I real I stopped and I said, "You know what? It kind of doesn't matter what I think." And here's why: I know I'm going to go see it. Mm-hmm. So if I think it's terrible, I'm not like I'm going to miss the Flash. In a film, finally, I'm going to miss Cyborg. I'm going to miss what they're going to do with Aquaman. No. Even uh, if I think it looks bad, I'll go see it. Which is Did you like fun. that scene in the movie where they, uh, where Wonder Woman is looking at all of the different video files of all these characters? I hated it. Really? I, I thought it was it. great. I, I, I get it. I mean, it's cool to see that there are other people out there that have powers, but it's just odd that, like, he's got – why did LexCorp Corp have – did they have like a graphic designer who was put in charge of making logos? Yeah, because each one had a different one. It was like it was the Microsoft office of uh, superhero conglomerates. Wouldn't it have been great if she had – or Bruce uh, Wayne had put the the little thumb drive in, that clippy, the paper clip had come out and said, looks like you're trying to find superheroes. Can I help? <laughs> All right. Um, while we're talking about the Henry Cavill superhero movies, yes. let's go back one movie to Man of Steel. Okay. Uh, and I will give you uh, – so I saw this movie with Ben Acker and uh, a big crew of people. Uh, but Ben Acker was sitting next to me the uh, of the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and I know he hated it. I, he hates every movie. So I knew that he hated this one. <laughs> He and, hates um, that, that that is a characterization of him, but it he does seem to dislike yeah. a lot of films. Yeah. Um he uh he at there's a point in the movie when Henry Cavill does his first blast off into the sky as Superman. Right. And Acker just very quietly leaned over and high-fived me in that moment. And I wonder if it was an ironic high five or if it was a even in the midst of this crap. Watching Superman take off is pretty effing awesome. Mark, it's probably know, the former though. Do you know what everybody loves about you? What? That you hold on to the idea that the second thing is possibly true. <laughs> I hope it is. I know. Um, I know. Keep that hope alive. Never. I, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not, I don't live inside Ben Acker's head. This is not I. meet Dave. <laughs> I'm not um, in there. And while we are just poaching other people's material about this movie, uh, I would like to not quote, but, uh, bring up what a friend of mine, my friend Andy Goldenberg and I discussed after this movie. Yes. You know, Andy, our sure. friend. Uh, and he was mad about the fact that, and I, I did not connect this until he said it. In the older movies, a building would fall down and Superman would leave the fight to prop the building back up and then go back to the fight. Yes. In this movie, tens of thousands of people died as he fought Zod at the end of that movie. Forget the fact that he kills Zod at the end. That's not the moral dilemma in this to me. And forget the fact that there are inexplicably still people walking around the museum. 
when the world is crumbling outside around them. Um, <laughs> it's the fact that he has, he has such disregard for the city of Metropolis in that moment. Would you agree? I would agree. And that, that sort of, that and Zod, uh, being killed, the fact that Superman takes a life, uh, those are, those seem to be the biggest sticking points that people have. You know what though? He, t- uh, to Superman took a life in, uh, Superman 2, and he took Zod's life in Superman 2. That's true. That's true. We're, we're gonna, and we're gonna talk about that. We will definitely okay. get to it. I, like, I have, <laughs> no, no film is perfect. Uh, of mm-hmm. all of these, there are certainly a few that get closer than others in, in my personal opinion. But the idea that, that the difference between those two Kryptonians is that Superman cares about people is kind of undercut in, well, first of all, it becomes the whole thing of he's an alien. We don't trust him. So mm-hmm. he's, he's chosen to do the right thing in the face of people actively disliking him and distrusting him. Right. So. But the idea that Superman, who's someone that we all know, if it was a story of any other superhero or a made-up superhero that was similar, first of all, people would go, who's doing a knockoff Superman? It's like a Mockbusters <laughs> thing. <laughs> We're going to get six-year-old Hal Loveland to play Superman. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, and and it, six-year-old Hal Loveland just goes out and starts cracking necks. Yeah. Well, it's actually S-O-U-P-E-R. Ooh, soup. He was born in a pot of soup. Superman, I'll have the soup if there's a choice. The the idea that that somebody would come in and and say, well, I know that at at this point there's almost 80 years of stories to be told about Superman, but I don't like any – I don't like the character. I think he's boring. So I'm going to – I'm going to change things up and put him in some real hot water and force him to make choices that he wouldn't normally make. And if that's your feeling and you think the, the character's boring, then don't direct that movie. Why would you take that on? <laughs> well, no, b- because you assume that an audience wants that. I mean, look, I know that you're a comic book guy and a purist, but audiences want uh, new and different stories. You don't want to just see a remake of Superman 2, which kind of uh, Man of Steel was. Well, so well, you've got to give it, you got to give the stories new twists. I don't know that I agree with that, but let, let me, let me save it. Of this. course it is. It's Superman versus Zod. <laughs> While I am a purist, let's, let, let's take a sojourn for a second. You've seen mm-hmm. the, the 2002 Spider-Man directed by Sam Raimi. Yes. Yes. And, and you remember that in that film, he doesn't have web shooters. The webbing organically comes out of his wrists. Yes. Do you know the supposed reason why that is? Because he was infected with spider DNA. No. The reason why is... Because uh, Tobey Maguire can actually do that. Yes. That is an actual ability he has. It is at the bottom of his resume, right next to driver's license and And improv. bartending. Because <laughs> everybody's got improv on their resume. Sure. Oh, that's not the bottom, baby. I do characters. I, I can ride a bike. I play football. <laughs> I'm a singer. I play what is the what's the dumbest thing you uh, ever put on the bottom part of your resume? Just a list of dumb accents, some of which I think I can do. Like none of them is like I'm the best at this accent. I'm just gonna put it on here. I think sketch writing, because why uh-huh. would you put that? Like at that point, I'm like, well, uh, if you're looking for an actor, I can write stuff. <laughs> uh, but, I put. Uh, I <laughs> no, once sorry, put uh, rollerblading. <laughs> 
and this is when I was at my heaviest because in my mind I was like, look, some movie wants to snatch up a five foot eight, 220 pound rollerblader. Which I don't know why that guy isn't in the Justice League. Oh God. <laughs> You're gonna be yeah. in a big rollerblading movie. They call me Inline. <laughs> it's a remake of Quicksilver, but he's on <laughs> skates this time. Jeez. Navigating New York on a pair of blades. How's he gonna do it? Uh but sorry, uh digressing. The reason why they were organic and not mechanical web shooters, which they have been in the comics for a very long time. Uh, is supposedly because Sam, Sam Raimi, uh, said, well, when I was a kid, I couldn't have invented web shooters, so there's no way he could. Okay. See, the web shooter thing doesn't bother me. I'm not the purest that you are, though. It's a good movie. But changing it because, like, well, I can't imagine it, so it can't happen. Like, what? You don't have to be Walt Disney to create a teenager who's smart. <laughs> you have a series of movies where a guy has a chainsaw for a hand. Yeah. Where are we drawing the line here? Yeah, the Texas Chain Hand Man. Chain Hand Man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, here, I'll tell you my biggest problem with Man of Steel. And I don't okay. like the, the mass killing. And I, I don't care for him killing Zod, although those aren't as, uh, those aren't the biggest issues for me. The biggest issue for me is his relationship with his father, with Jonathan Kent. Oh, that Jonathan Kent tells him to be weak. Don't ever show yourself to anyone. Yes. The idea that, the, the the idea of Superman is that he his planet gave him his powers, but his his parents on Earth gave him his moral code. Mm-hmm. He learned to be a good person because of them. I feel like the, look, I and I, I agree with you on that I, about that point. But I feel like everything that you're taking offense with in these in all of these movies so far is things that aren't in your personal selected canon. I, that's pretty widely accepted canon. It's not personal canon. It's not, I'm not writing fanfic here. No, I get that, but it's still, I mean, the canons can change. They do all the time. Superman has been killed. He's been long haired. He's been all kinds of things. Oh, by the way, we're not going to include steel in this episode. That is as much as you will hear about it. The, the Shaquille O'Neal movie, which, which happened after the death of Superman, where he split up and there, there was steel. There was the being of like pure lightning energy. There was the kid. There were like a bunch of different versions of <laughs> Superman out there at the same time. We're not going to talk about steel any more than that. Sorry, Shaq. Look, Shaq's going to be fine. If you want to see a good Shaq film, go to YouTube and find that clip of him tripping on the inside the NBA set. It's amazing. <laughs> or just watch any of his general commercials. <laughs> that gen- general insurance company. Commercials that I thought were totally local until I saw Shaquille O'Neal at one. And then I went, huh, Shaq's doing local spots. Look at that general there. He's there selling you insurance for your car yeah. or for a medical emergency. Whatever you need, he's there for you. Whoops, I tripped. For the best insurance rates in town, tell him, Shaq. Go to the general. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we done? Let's go to the garbage movie. Okay. Superman Returns. Oh, I feel bad saying that. A lot of people worked really hard on that. This is Brian Singer's attempt to make a film that was a continuation of Superman, the motion picture, and Superman 2, uh, directed by Richard Donner and Richard Lester. So supposedly the idea is that after Superman 2, Superman has disappeared. He's been gone for some time and he's finally returned. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stars Brandon Routh 
as Superman. And Brandon Routh is a fine actor. He's not a good Superman. The most startling thing, though, is that he sounds almost exactly like Christopher Reeve. Well, you know what? As a continuation, then, not bad. Yes, you have Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. Chewing up scenery. Pretty fun performance. But again, it becomes dark and you lose – here's – I'll tell you what I liked about Man of Steel, uh, which was the way Superman fought early on where he moved very quickly and he punched a lot because that's Mm -hmm. Superman's big weapon. Of course, he has heat vision. Of course, he has the freezing breath. But he punches stuff. He's super strong. And he doesn't really throw any punches at all in Superman Returns. It's all – what is it? Just heat vision? Yeah, he uses heat vision, and I think he uses freezing breath, and bullets bounce off of him. But you don't get him, like, punching. And because of that, it feel it, it feels weird for that. It feels weird because the tone seems kind of wrong. It's just not a great movie. Um, I can no. go ahead and tell you right now what you're going to have a beef with. Go ahead. Because I know now that you have this weird Superman canon that you keep in your head that uh, (laughs) be damned at anything that gets in the way of that. Okay. Superman doesn't have a son. Uh, No, I didn't have as big a problem with that. Wait a minute. Web slingers being part of his body in Spider-Man made you upset, but them just arbitrarily giving Superman a kid doesn't? No, because that's part of the character. Part of Peter Parker's character is that he's brilliant and that he builds those himself, that he's resourceful. <laughs> uh, and right. then, and then if you want to take that and tell a story, like build your, build a strong base and then tell me a new story. That, right. that was ignoring the base. And the, the Superman Returns just felt like it was like a Superman movie without all the things that would make a good Superman movie. Yeah. Like big action. Like the biggest action sequence really is him bringing down the plane. Yeah. It's that, the thing about that movie, it just seemed unmemorable. Right. Except for the kids shoving the piano across the room. Yes. And that, even that, like, oh, I wanted that to develop more. I want to learn more about that. But mm-hmm. it, like they didn't give me enough. I, I guess if, if he had been able to make more movies, he would have done that, but he left the X-Men franchise to make that movie. Not only do we get Superman Returns, but we got X3. So two crappy comic book movies out of one decision. <laughs> I just want to point that out. All right. Let's talk about the old movies. But before we do that, let's take a quick break to uh, introduce you to some of our superheroes. The yeah. other fine podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network. And cleanse your palate. Let's, let's face it. We've talked about a lot of sour stuff. This stuff is going to taste great. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling... My dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a Flobie, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman. I'm Barbara Gray. I'm Brandy Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. We're Lady to Lady. Do you want to sleep over in your ears? Is that a friend in your pocket or are you just podcast to see me? We're a 
affordable hangout you can bring to the gym on the subway or on an oil rig. Seriously, we have listeners who do that. Show with us while we get high with Margaret Cho. Talk showgirls with Katya from Drag Race. And hear Broadway star Anthony Rapp sing Hamilton. I am not throwing away my shot. (laughs) I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. That's Lady Chalady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. All right. We're in the home stretch, Mark. We're doing this. <laughs> you seem to take this really seriously. Well, I do. I, I, uh, look, I am a Superman fan. I know. I'm a Superman fan too. I don't, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to seem flip about this. We are doing important work here. I like that you, you know, you can be flip because you don't have to deal with any of the blowback on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the one that doesn't know how the internet works or how comic books work. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do they so, still do them only in three colors? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's everything is blue, red, and yellow. That's why yeah. that's Superman's outfit. The primary night rises. <laughs> um all right, so let's talk about the great Superman movies. Okay. Uh, this is Christopher Reeve, uh the late great brilliant Christopher Reeve as Superman. As iconic, I think, as a superhero performance on film gets. Yes. I, uh, and he made four films. He did. For Alexander Salkind, who also made another movie that has been featured on this show before, Santa Claus the Movie. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it sure has. <laughs> uh, and all of Salkind's movies, I believe, are required to have uh, title credit sequences happening in clouds. <laughs> yes, there has to be flying. Uh, there's also going through space. I mean, just mm-hmm. w- w- where to start with these films? I, let's the, just go backwards. Okay, let's go backwards. We're going to start at the worst movie, the 1987 Superman for the Quest for Peace. Now, at this point, the the Salkins already they were penny pinchers, and so we're going to get to sort of what happened with Superman and Superman 2. But by Superman mm. 4, they've already lost the rights, and they've been picked up by, guess who? Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus. Uh, and there is a great documentary on Netflix, the, the title of which evades me, but they were known for making really crappy, cheap movies that could turn a profit enough to keep them going. They were two Israeli guys. They're, they're, uh, one of their early failures is known as um, oh jeez, it's the Apple, I believe is the name of it. It is a movie musical made in like about an apple eighty one. Yeah, it's just a giant apple that sings and dances. Sure, it's an odd film that takes place in the future, but it like it just looks like garbage, and it is one of those like movies that people love to watch. Ironically, um, they also made the Alan Quartermain films, which is Richard Chamberlain as a like sort of quasi Indiana Jones type character. I got to point out though, Alan Quartermain older than Indiana Jones, older character. Yeah, but terrible movies. Yeah, not great movies, but not a mockbuster because it's not a ripoff. Fair enough. Fair enough. But they did make a lot of mockbuster type films. So Oh, sure. Transmorphers, that kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. That same it's a very similar idea. So Chopkick Panda. <laughs> Love me some Chopkick Panda. Gotta watch it. It's on, uh, it's available on all your streaming services. Are we gonna do a best mockbuster? Oh man, we have to. Anyway, we're on Superman. Superman yes. 4, uh, the quest for peace. It was a noble effort by Christopher Reeve. Yes. To try and end the nuclear arms race via a Superman movie. 
Yes. Of course, the idea of this is Superman has declared that he will end the arms race that was happening at the time by taking all the nuclear weapons, it turns out, putting them in a giant net and hurling them into the sun via hammer throw. <laughs> However, at the same time, uh, Lex Luthor, who is broken out of jail with the help of his nephew, played by John Cryer, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they have stolen the, the piece of Superman's hair that is in a museum holding up a giant weight. So they cut it with uh, with wire cutters, giant like bolt cutters. And they put it in there, and the what happens when the hair and the nuclear weapons hit the sun is a new nuclear man hero is created who looks like Shadow Stevens, can grow <laughs> coke nails, and when he scratches Superman, makes him sick. He looked a little bit like uh, Dolph Lundgren in uh, in Masters of the Universe. Yeah, because he kind of because he has the feathered hair. Yeah, he also looks like Dolph Lundgren's wife in Rocky Four. <laughs> That's right. He does look a little bit like uh, Brigitte Nielsen. <laughs> so uh, they duke it out. The guy is powered by the sun. Uh, all all hope seems lost, but then Superman wins in the end. Some notable things in this movie. First of all, this movie is garbage, but it's so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so bad. And it's fallen so far. Even the opening – I mean, if you really want to track – what has happened to those four films. Just watch the opening credits sequence. Because by this film, it's just it just looks like hand drawn <laughs> stuff that was thrown up. Like they're like, oh this sort of looks like the flying through space credits. It's so cheap, so unbelievably cheap. Uh, um, I believe that at, at one point uh Gene Hackman and John Cryer are as spacesuits wearing those metallic jogging suits that they'd wear in the eighties. That Julia Louis-Dreyfus wore in uh, Christmas Vacation? Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. I think they just got those sweating suits. I would say that the one of the best parts of this film is uh, Superman and and Clark Kent on a double date. Superman is is on a date with Lois Lane. And Clark Kent has caught the eye of Lacey Warfield, whose father, David Warfield, is a tabloid tycoon. And whose mother, Marsha Warfield, played the bailiff <laughs> on Night Court. <laughs> The highest pedigree possible. Played by a pedigreed actress. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's right. Uh, played by... Mariel Hemingway. Mariel Hemingway, of course. Of course. Yeah, the Hemingway pedigree, pretty good. Yes, this is marked uh, the return of Gene Hackman, who we've not seen since Superman 2, and the return of Margot Kidder, who we only saw very briefly in Superman 3. Now, it's funny. You say this. Uh, this is... I did not realize that this was not a Salkind production. I thought uh, that this was also – I thought that because Christopher Reeve, I assumed that it was all Salkind. But it makes sense because Gene Hackman left and refused to work with the Salkinds after Superman 2. Correct. That's because they cut – well, we'll get back. We'll get into that in a right. second. That we'll is get the whole thing. So uh, the best part is them on a double date. And, of course, neither of them know the true identity. So at a certain point, Clark Kent is uh, – they're, they're in a high rise and he's on like outside and he just sort of flings himself off the edge. So he can change into Superman. <laughs> like it's, it turns into a weird door slamming farce. I mean, it's just pure garbage. And one part, uh, my buddy Nathan Ryan, uh, he and I watched this film several times. And one of the best parts is at the end when somehow the Daily Planet has come out of Hawk. Uh, he, like he said, Barry White secures a loan so he can buy a controlling interest in the newspaper. And he, he comes down. And he goes, I protected this newspaper from predators like you. It's odd because he says predators. But then 
uh, everybody's celebrating and you hear one person that the whoever looped them this is the exact noise they make ha <laughs> yay <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Look, man, you and I have done a lot of looping. So, uh, you know, there are moments when you're like, oh, do I have one more in me? <laughs> <laughs> so it's not going to be Superman 4. No. Let's talk about Superman 3, the comedy. This is Richard Lester, who had stepped in to to direct uh, Superman 2. We'll get into that. You, you've now said that four times, I think. You're well, really teasing this whole drama. We're getting there. We're getting there. But uh, this is definitely much lower budget. But this is uh, this is Richard Lester, who is, who is mm-hmm. known probably most famously for directing Hard Day's Night. Uh, at least he is to me. That's what I think of right. him as. Um, he's a broad comedy guy. So he has made a film that is more of a broad comedy. And you, and you can see that. Again, in the opening credits, which plays like the opening of Guys and Dolls. <laughs> they were like, you mean uh, Richard Pryor, Christopher Reeve, and Gene Hackman? I'm sorry, Robert Wagner in this one all yes. come out and sing Fugue for Tin Horns together. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I got the man right here. He's wearing super gear, and the guy here says, if the weather's clear, he'll fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking Gus Gorman because he's good with computers and he's stealing lots of money with microtransactions. Um, <laughs> again, this movie is complete garbage. It's it's so not garbage. Bad, this movie's fun. It's not. It's not so bad. It's good. Like Why are you just calling all of these movies garbage? What did this one do wrong in your canon world? I mean, so many things are wrong about it. Ri- ri- First of all, Richard Pryor is great. We all love Richard Pryor. He doesn't fit. Like the film hasn't really decided what it wants to be. The, the they paid him more than they paid uh, Christopher Reeve. Of course they did. Richard Pryor was a much bigger star. Mm-hmm. But so the the bad guys make <laughs> they manufacture kryptonite, and mm-hmm. it has the same effect. You know that it has an unpredictable effect on him. Which, if you read the comics, is what red kryptonite does. There are tons of different types of kryptonite. They were all irradiated differently or whatever. But red kryptonite is the, is the unpredictable kind. So in this case, he's turned bad, which means five o'clock shadow, dingy suit. It, actually, his, his suit is dingy and it looks like Henry Cavill's suit in Man yeah, of Steel. It, <laughs> yeah. When Henry Cavill first landed as Superman, you're like, Oh, it's dingy mean Superman. Yeah. Is he going to go flick, uh, bar nuts and break bottles at a, in a bar? Like super, the idea that Superman's getting drunk, like he can't. He's Superman. He's, he can't get super drunk. That's the whole point. He's impervious. If bullets can't hurt him, then why would the, the silver bullet that won't slow you down? This episode brought to you by Coors. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that whole last run was brought to you by every com- conversation you've heard walking into a comic book shop. <laughs> yeah, you just in the tail. The, the one that I mean, you. he can't get drunk. He's Superman. What can I get for you? Um, an exit. <laughs> so. I will say, I like, we all like the junkyard fight, right? Oh, yeah. Superman versus Superman. Yeah. Superman versus Clark Kent. <clears throat> well, Christopher Reeve versus Christopher Reeve. That's what's important. Yes. And then, of course, he reveals himself uh, mm-hmm. to be Superman after he defeats him by, I think, by crushing him, puts him in a crusher mm-hmm. or something, or drowns him. I, I can't quite remember what happens. I'm, I'm glad it's been a while since I've seen it, but I will go back every once in a while and watch that junkyard fight just on YouTube. All right. 
Now we've come down to the final two movies that are really the two contenders for best Superman film. Yes. Uh, we can do these in chronological order so as to tell the story of it. Uh, in 1978, Richard Donner made the original Superman, the motion picture or Superman, the movie, whatever they called it. And, uh, it was a huge hit. And then he went to make the sequel. They were both, uh, originally designed to be, uh, there, there was always going to be a sequel. They shot much of them concurrently and then they went, uh, and fired. Richard Donner and brought in this other director. So the final cut of Superman two is done by another director with about 20% of the material coming from him. Did I get that right? You're close. So they filmed them concurrently. And mm-hmm. what happened was the costs were spiraling out of control, according to the Salkins. So right. they fired Richard Donner and he had already, they figured, well, he's already shot most of the film. So what we'll do is we'll bring in another director and we can get it done cheaper. So in comes Richard Lester. Do you know why Richard Lester was chosen as the director of the film? Because they had previously screwed him over and they were kind of always one step behind their screw overs on the uh, Three Musketeers movie. That is correct. Yes, this is part yeah. of a quick- I feel like I'm getting nerdsplained a lot in this, but I'm getting an A, so it's okay. I'm just, well, it's not nerdsplained. I just wanted to see what you knew and what you didn't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that That's it. So, uh, as a result of that, you've got, you've got partially the Richard Donner tone, but then you've got Richard Lester, whose sensibility, which is more of that wacky opening of Superman 3, Hard Day's Night, like broad comedy, trying to bring that in, and it doesn't quite work. And I'll give you an example of that. So, so the big fight that takes place in Metropolis between Superman and, uh, and Zod and, uh, what were their names? Zod, uh, Ursa? Oh man, mm-hmm. why can I not remember? Yeah, and Non. And Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Poor little Non yeah. whose, whose heat vision doesn't work. Yeah, there's Zod, Lady Zod, and, uh, Bigfoot Zod. So there, uh, there's a part where, where they're using, uh, their super breath to fight. Mm-hmm. So Zod, uh, is, uh, they're attacking and they use super breath and they're a bunch of sight gags. I'll give you a list. This is from Wikipedia, but I certainly remember them. The wind blows off a man's toupee. A ice cream is blown off of a cone and into someone's face. A man is blown over in a telephone booth and talking the whole time. A man with an umbrella gets spun around as if dancing, parodying Singing the Rain. And a man on roller skates rolls uncontrollably backwards across the pavement. Mm-hmm. So it goes from everybody's really at a threat to like, to like airplane where everything's shaking and then they go over to like a girl with big boobs and the boobs are shaking. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. You can tell that, that there are, that there are sort of two pieces of a movie there. I don't know, man. I feel like the villains in this are such good villains that they looked around at what everyone was doing and realized that the thing that would have the most effect would be this wind. It's possible. Also, Richard Lester's like, well, here's a chance to get a little humor in that. So, <laughs> Uh, in 2001, the motion picture or the year, the motion picture, they started to do a restoration of, of the original Superman for DVD. And they found uh, a bunch, like six tons of footage for Superman two uh, were discovered in these, in these vaults in England, which had a lot of the lost footage that was filmed by Donner and not used in the final film. So mm-hmm. they approached him to, to come and do his cut of the movie. They said, you can do whatever you want. Uh, and so there was a, there was an interview he did in May of 2001 with IGN 
where he said, at the time, the studio wanted me, this is a quote, at the time, the studio wanted me to go back in and recut the film and add anything I wanted to add or do anything I wanted to do. Quite honestly, I was done with it. I was finished. Do you know why I'm quoting that article? I don't. Do you know, uh, do you want to take a guess who conducted that interview with Richard Donner? Um, J.J. Abrams. No. The answer is the producer of the show, Ken Plume, who was working as a journalist for IGN at the time. Ah, no wonder Ken got so upset this afternoon when I told him that the uh, that the Donner version was not as good. <laughs> well, it's got like the Donner version's got like audition footage in it, and they're they've got different. The big reveal, you know, Lois is trying to figure out Superman's identity the whole time, and and in the Donner cut, she fires a gun at him, and. He thinks it's bounced off. He said, well, I guess you know. And she goes, blanks. Uh, the reason why that could potentially work is that is something Lois Lane would do because she's sure. super smart. Um, and it's a way to, to safely test him. Like she knows he's not going to get hurt, but she can trick him, um, into revealing he's Superman if he is indeed Superman. Right. There are, there are a lot. Okay. Well, let's stick on Superman too, since we've been going backwards this whole time. Yes. Superman 2 is, it's a very good movie. I liked the theatrical cut. I preferred the theatrical cut. It felt more cohesive. And maybe it is because a lot of this was, um, audition footage and whatnot. But I had no problem with, uh, with this version. I like a little humor in a movie. I like that, I like that it knows it's a superhero movie. It's not quite, it's not quite tonally what, uh, the 1965 Batman movie was, but you know, you have some moments of levity. I'm okay with moments of levity. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if we're tagging the, the most recent <clears throat> Superman films for being too dark, you can't turn around and go. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. Obviously, if we're tagging the, the most recent Superman films for being too, too dark, it's kind of hypocritical to go back and go like, well, there can't be any humor. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the, that the, tone of the humor doesn't match the kind of film that they're making so it you know if you have two different artists you can't have picasso come in to finish a bob ross painting sure or vice i mean you could but suddenly the trees would have like you know cubist guitars sticking out of them or whatever exactly um now the, now, the version of this that we're going to have to talk about, though, is we're talking about the movies that were released in theaters. And Correct. the movie that was released in the theaters was the original um, theatrical release version of Superman 2. Yes. So that's what we have to work with. Yes. Can I tell you, uh, do you want my nerd problems with this one? Ugh. I had a feeling I was going to hear them. Let's just talk about two, well, three things. Jeez, three things. One is uh, Superman is able to take the emblem off of his chest and throw it and have it become a big net. Yeah, uh, a big a big like piece of saran wrap. Yeah, right? That's that's BS. Uh mm-hmm. also the firing the beams, the the Ursa Nan and Zod fire beams out of their fingers that he blocks with his hand. That's mm-hmm. not a thing. Why wouldn't they just use their heat vision? They already have lasers. They're in their eyes. Well, maybe they got hand versions too. They didn't. And okay. the other is they have like this weird like they keep appearing in front of each other, like, woo, 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 oh yeah, woo, that was a weird thing, like just projecting multiple versions of you. That was new. Makes no sense. Makes yeah. zero sense. But the idea, the overall theme of Superman is is giving up his powers because he wants to be with Lois. At the same time, these Kryptonian villains have broken out of the Phantom Zone, which is what that floating piece of glass is that they're trapped in in space. And right. Getting because it gets hit by a nuke. 
which is ridiculous. It gets, gets hit by a nuke and explodes. And then later in the movie, Superman's mom is talking to him in the Fortress of Solitude. She's like, oh, by the way, did you know that the Phantom Zone can be breached if a nuke hits the glass? Why Superman didn't just say, why did you just tell me that? I don't know. <laughs> Um, I want to, what I want to do is a pro, like, well, let's, let's talk about what we like in this film. Um, I, uh, the bad guys are great. Terrence Stamp yeah. is Zod, Neil before Zod, and son of Jor-El. Sure. And, and the, the fact that they, uh, they take down the White House, Olympus has fallen slash, uh, White House down style is pretty amazing. And they do it in five seconds when those movies did it in two hours each. Yes. Yes. Um, now I, I want to talk about, some of the problems with this film. And I want to do okay. it via the text that you sent me today while you were watching it. <laughs> okay. Let okay. me open up our old text thread from this afternoon. All right. So I have it here. I can read them if you like. Oh, no. I think <laughs> if you can censor these. Okay. I'll say I got this. Don't you worry. Okay. We got this, but you we know, got this. I'll, got this I'll right give you now. the first thing that you say so that you can mark the rest of it. You wrote. Okay. Why are people always shaving at work in these effing movies? That's true. There's always a guy <laughs> with an electric razor walking around the office like, oh, I had to get here real quick. I guess that's how you denote like this is a real important job and everything's time sensitive. Shaving at work like a dope. Yeah. I'm going to bring my razor. There are two scenes in a row. There's a scene where you, uh where – I believe it's uh Perry White is shaving at work and then immediately after there's another dude shaving at work at uh NASA. <laughs> because they they have to stay there. All right, let me keep reading these. Uh-huh. Girl Zod is in that mirror thing yelling forgive us off brand. Now what did you mean by that? I meant that uh she shows no remorse. But as that piece of glass is spiraling away, you see her face and hear her go, forgive us, please. Oh, please forgive us. That's because like, she wants to get out. Well, yeah, but, you know, it was it, then she was a pretty good actor. I had to let her out. OK. Uh, then I texted. There is no reason Superman one begins with villains who are not in the effing movie. Well, because I they didn't were know about I okay. know I didn't know okay. they were making them at the same time. OK, OK. Next, yep. Cliff works at NASA. That's right. Uh, John Ratzenberger appears in this film as he does in Empire Strikes Back. I believe because wait, he wait, was, who's he in Empire Strikes Back? He's he's one of the rebel techs. He's just a guy like in the base. And I think no he, kidding. I it's I, it's possible that his voice is looped in that. It's not looped in this, but I think it mm -hmm. might have been looped in that. And there were American actors who were in London at the time working, and I believe he was one of them. Is that both of these films, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly, were filmed. Close to the same time mm -hmm. and, and in London. There you go. You know what? When in London, that's what they all say, right? Yes. When in Rome, do as the Romans. When in London, do two movies. Yes. Um, then I, uh, oh, and this was the exchange that he had with the other guy in the booth at NASA. We've lost contact, Cliff. So? What do you mean, so? <laughs> he, and he says it like, not like, what are we going to do now? Like, I don't care. I gotta go shave. <laughs> I did do a lot of swearing in this, yeah. uh, in this text thread. Uh, then also the prison guards don't notice an effing hot air balloon. <laughs> yes. The prison, uh, escape sequence. I, I love the projector that he uses that he rakes something up so that it looks mm -hmm. like he's in there playing chess. Mm -hmm. Um, the escape scene is funny because he cannot take Otis with him 
Sodas is too heavy and brings down the yeah. hot air balloon. And he just calls him ballast. Yes. I guess the idea is that the hot air balloon is dark and blends into the night sky, and they drop down. They don't land it. They drop a long ladder, which he grabs, and then they take off. Right. But that being said, I get it. It's kind of dopey and silly, but it's also – it's a comic book movie, so there's going to be some weird stuff in it. Yeah. Uh Then I get to – let's see. Uh Oh, what is this effing hell dream where Superman changes to a mortal? <laughs> oh, I also like that you added to that. All Nick Cage and City of Angels did was blink. Yeah, he just blinked, and then he was—he was no longer an angel. Now he's a mortal. Well, this scene—it's like some insane. Like here's Superman's skeleton turning to blood, and all—it <laughs> oh, was very dark. It was, the, it was the sleep no more part of Superman two. <laughs> oh yeah, and you didn't like Lois wearing Superman shirt because you said it's not his effing jersey. Yeah, well, that was in the Donner cut, which we're not talking about. But yeah, Lois comes out and she's wearing a t-shirt version of Superman's. They just had slept together and she's wearing a, a, a t-shirt version of Superman's outfit. Why would he have that? He would only have that for her to put on after sex. Oh, <laughs> all right. And then I went on and on about uh conversations that happened in mall rats. Yeah. Gar- <laughs> garbage, garbage, garbage. Yes. About them making love. I will right. say another sequence in this that I like is once Superman has his powers back because he got beaten up by like a trucker in mm-hmm. in Alaska or wherever he is, wherever the the fortress of solitude is supposed to be in these films. And he returns and beats the guy up and humiliates him. In a way that reveals he's Superman. <laughs> no, not necessarily. He just beats him up, spins him around on the chair, and then uh, launches him down the bar. He's just very strong. He spins him around super fast and lifts him like with like two fingers. Like he lifts him like, oh, only Superman could do that. Don't mess with the Superman. Wouldn't it be funny if everybody in that diner pulled out guns with blanks <laughs> and fired them at him? <laughs> or put his hand into a fire? We're not talking about the gun with blanks version. We have to talk about the, the bright pink room and the, and the fire. Yes. That was how she discovers it. And I do love, I'm also a big sucker for the heroine finding out that the guy is the superhero or the guy finding out that the heroine is the superhero. It happens in both directions. It's true. All right. Let's move. We're, we're, we have not talked about the winner, which is Superman (laughs) one. Well, then let me just say people of the world. We took you on a long journey. The winner is Superman 1, Superman the motion picture. You'll believe a man can fly. You know what? We all did. Uh, the way it starts is brilliant where it flips through the comics and you sort of see his origin story and then you see it play out. Marlon Brando is bizarre and wonderful as Jor-El. Uh, look into some of the fun story, not just how they made it technically, how they did with like the beads that reflected lights to make to make the sets look like they did, but he didn't memorize any of his lines. So they're like taped on the other actors and they're hidden around the set. So it's like, if you like weird Brando acting stories, you love this movie. Christopher Reeve is, for my money, the greatest film Superman we have. And here's why. He plays Clark Kent and Superman as different characters and to the point where you could ostensibly believe that no one would, would peg him as Superman. Because Clark Kent just doesn't look like Superman with glasses. He's got a stutter. He he slumps over. He's awkward. The Christopher Reeve is a real actor, and he was super invested in in the role. Uh, you've also got Gene Hackman at 
perhaps the height of his powers as Lex Luthor. Again, chewing up scenery with Ned Beatty as Otis, uh, Valerie Perrine as Miss Tessmacher, Margot Kidder as brilliant as Lois Lane, Jackie Cooper as Perry White. Uh, it's just, it's such a well-made film. And I know that it's not perfect. And, and some people, uh, who co-host this podcast with me don't like that he flies backwards around the earth to change its rotation and, and turn time back. I'm changing my answer. It's Superman 2. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. You know that it's backwards not. around the world thing is stupid. You know it's not though. Is it? It is stupid. It undermines the whole movie. But I'm saying you know that Superman, the motion picture is better than Superman 2. That's true. It's true. Continue with your rant. But again, that part is not – look, it's not the perfect movie, but uh, it is the most perfect out of all of these movies. And that is what makes it the best Superman movie, asked and answered. You guys knew from the start, but we took you on an hour-plus journey just so you could see how the last son of Krypton has been treated and, and how he has appeared on, on film. And watch all of these. You'll see. You'll come to the same – Conclusion that we do and see if you can find footage of Nick Cage and the weird light up Superman outfit from the Tim Burton movie that was never made. You know, there are, there are interesting Superman movies that were never made, but the best one of all came out in 1978 has not been beaten yet. I hope someday it is because that would mean they're making good Superman movies again. Asked and answered. And it turns out the ripcord in Hal's back has almost retracted itself fully to his body with that rant, which means this topic is closed. Thank you, Joseph Noonan, for your suggestion. Uh, the best Superman movie is, surprise, Superman. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but there are many more topics to discuss. So reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or check out the Maximum Fun subreddit. A flame war is happening right now. Or you can reach out to us by email, we got this podcast at gmail.com, or come to the Facebook group. That's where it's going. It's lit, fam. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer and former Richard Donner interviewer Ken Plume. Thank you to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. Thank you, as always, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And, of course, thank you to you. Our listeners, you are faster than a speeding bullet. You are more powerful than a locomotive. You are able to leap our hearts in a single bound. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. And for Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got, got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.